Hi everyone and welcome back to Beautiful Minds. This is the first episode in our new series called The Business Lounge. These episodes will consist of business related topics where we have multiple guests on at the same time. Today's topic will be digital marketing in a post-COVID world and for that I've invited two special guests on who have been on before, Kimia Kalbasi and Natalie Allport. In case you don't remember them, I'll introduce them once more. Kimia Kalbasi is a founder of the food blog Kimia's Cravings. She's also a well-known influencer and social media consultant. Kimia, we invited you on because we know you've worked with so many cool brands and you really broke that barrier in the food, travel and lifestyle space. It's a pleasure to have you on again, welcome back. Our second guest is Natalie Allport, a former national team snowboarder, current crossfitter and lifelong entrepreneur. Natalie, you started your own digital marketing agency called 93 Agency and we know you've brought value to so many enterprising athletes. So thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you back. And I think I pretty much speak for everyone when I say 2020 has been absolutely crazy, right? It's been super turbulent. It's been full of unexpected events. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hurt a lot of businesses. It's also provided a lot of opportunities overnight. And it'll be interesting to know from you guys, what are your thoughts? What does digital marketing look like in a post-COVID world? Maybe we can start with Kimia. Yeah, um, um, that's so interesting to think about because every day the landscape is constantly changing. You have to be nimble. But for instance, um, my um, industry is in the telemedicine space. So that's been more important than ever before. So I think that transition moving forward, everything will be more so like less focusing on, I've noticed, for instance, at Pill Club, a lot of people have been, have even been requesting for less COVID related content because people want to essentially remove themselves from that. So thinking ahead in terms of like, okay, what will that post COVID content look like? What will life look like? Um, And then we all have, everybody has their own opinions in terms of what that could look like. So I think it's more so, catering to what those people are looking for and wanting to stay inspired but um but yeah, yeah you're based my, in california I, so maybe it looks a bit differently in california than it does here in london or in canada where natalie is totally yeah and what about you natalie in your experience recently what, what have you been finding yeah well i mean at the start of this whole thing like i saw facebook and instagram ads just you know, they, they got kind of underpriced. Um, they always were pretty, like very valuable if you know how to use them well, but it, the prices went down because, you know, a lot of businesses just pulled their spend all of a sudden. Like they have to revamp their ads or businesses were going under or whatever it is, they had to pull all their spend. And so um, like for one of my clients, we just saw you know, increasing our spend during the time was beneficial and they started getting you know, their cost per conversion going down, which is really cool to see. Then we've seen like e-commerce sales have actually increased significantly. And so a lot of the e-commerce brands, you know, they took notice of that. So for the first few weeks, they were underpriced. And then the e-commerce brands like hopped in and were like, well, now we're going to spend even more because everyone's shopping online from home. And, you know, despite like people having less disposable income during this time, it seems people are still buying a ton of like clothing and random things online. 
which has been just crazy to see. It's like you get this, I know in the US they were getting uh, stimulus checks and someone did like a study on um, what people are spending it on as well as like just showing e-commerce sales. It's like the e-commerce is booming and people are spending this money that's supposed to be given for them to, I mean, it is given to boost the economy and get it back into the economy by spending it. But, um, you know, people aren't saving it. People aren't uh, putting it away for, for more dark days. They're, you know, they're putting it back out there and, and buying things. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting to see how, how that's taken off. Of course, like TikTok and all those platforms have gained a ton of attention um, during this time because everyone's on social media. And like even for myself, I've been doing weekly Instagram lives, interviewing different pro athletes and things like that. And it's been cool because before this, I was like, no, you know, who, who's going to tune in? Like, what's a good time to do it? do it and things like that but now it's like you can pick any time in the day and there's people online and um there's a lot of eyes online and so it's almost been more valuable to show up during this time because I do think people will remember who showed up and the businesses and the brands that, that showed up and didn't just go go dark do you think that's like a graph where it's peaking and then it's going to drop off maybe in q4 um well I mean q4 is a big time for like e-commerce and different things but um you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, we're in such uncharted territories, I feel like. Like, just watching the stock market. And um, my dad and I, we have daily conversations about the stock market, just tracking it. And we're like, what is going on? Because you'd think with all this uncertainty, like, things would be really crashing. But there's been all these big rebounds. And I think it's because there's a lot of institutional money that has to go somewhere. And there's a lot of money being pumped in that has to go somewhere. But it's like, what about if we realize that there's, if there's a second wave of this whole thing and things get shut down again, you know, like it's not like things, like if things go back to normal, I think, yeah, I think we're going to see a big rise. But I think if, you know, we start going back to things being really weird, it's going to take a big hit because think about a, a lot of businesses who have to limit their capacity to 25%. They have to pay more money for all the safety protocols, the hand sanitizer, all the PPE, all this stuff. So like they had a lot of money giving them like a false floor right now with all the loans and all these things. So when all of a sudden they go back to business and don't have the same profit margins and they're making up for all this time and then they're going to have to pay back all these loans. That's when things might, might, you know, hit the fan. So I, I, it's such uncharted territory. So no one really knows exactly what, what's going to happen. They, and how do they overcome those difficulties? Oof, that's that's tough like there are some industries i don't think so like think about a bar can they operate at 25 percent capacity with you know not those same vibes like i don't know and i know i think in the states um um and kimmy you might be able to speak more about this um because i don't know what's going on there but basically here we're still on almost full lockdown we just had retail locations starting to open up with very very limited capacity but you know personally i've just been really at home no gyms are open still can't use like play park per se um, a lot of crazy rules so um, yeah it's hard to hard to, to really say what what is going to happen in you know in a few months from now will we have a second wave or will just you know things go back to normal but a lot of businesses go under because they've been you know pinching pennies to try to make it through this time hoping that things will get back to normal but the new normal is a lot less profitable perhaps for some businesses i think e-commerce and a lot of the online space and different things that are thriving are going to keep doing really well and usually they have a big q4 so they're okay but um i i do think a lot of those local businesses especially some of the businesses i work with um and the type of businesses that i that i work with luckily the ones i do work with have you know had an okay time with transitioning online and everything but um the ones who haven't been able to that's going to be really tough because they just took a two or three month hit 
um, to their dollars. And now they're having to run at such a limited capacity that will they even break even in this remaining time? And now then they're gonna have to pay back everything. And yeah, who knows? Yeah, I guess the question to both of you, but have you had any visibility on the pipelines for projects in 2021? Um, yeah, like personally, I actually had a lot of leads during this time, uh, to, to be honest. So some of them just like perhaps not a good fit. They're looking for different different services that, that I don't uh, provide or, or different things. But, you know, I've had some surprising ones like retirement communities, which are being hit super hard, but like they're still, you know, reaching out and looking for things because um, the ones who have been able to stay safe, they're not necessarily losing any, any business right now, but they are in a position where they want to invest on in getting new business and breaking through the you know, the, the barrier of people being scared to, to come in and, and book, uh, book a room and, and get a house housing and everything. So, um, yeah, I've had, I've had a few different things, uh, uh coming up and, and still people who are interested, but I do feel like spring, at least for me and my agency is usually like a really big sales time. I find, especially after tax season, like a lot of businesses, they're setting, they're setting their budget and they're, they're reaching out to companies and that's something I haven't seen per se. And I, I guess I haven't been either as aggressive on sales because I'm just, you know, I'm leaving that door open, having conversations with people, but it, I find right now is the time I'm trying to like build up some, some just helpful equity, helping people and putting myself out there that hopefully, yeah, it'll pay off in 2021 or sooner, hopefully, but we'll see. Yeah. And Kimia, have you been proposing any projects for 2021 or do you think it's still too soon? Um, for me, I think it's still too soon. But there ha I think, for instance, in my um, neck of the woods, uh, it's been more so like seeing how the environment is like on a day by day basis or like hour by hour because social is so is like constantly changing it's like changing as we speak so mine's more been like in that um time frame so nothing in the works for 2021 yet yeah have you got any examples of sudden shocks that maybe some of the clients you've been working with have experienced from covid or maybe even some success stories some people that you think wow this has really done them some favors um let's see interestingly enough i've been getting it's it's interesting because personally for me, I've actually been the one putting campaigns on hold because I feel like it's a weird time for an influencer. I mean, everyone's entitled to do their own thing. Like for instance, I, despite like whatever, all the unboxings or anything that I get, like I don't feel comfortable posting that kind of stuff because I don't, I don't want to be tone deaf. Like I personally would rather not post anything versus like, oh my God, like, like even though, like I constantly go through this back and forth of like, okay, that like these brands want to work with me to like showcase their products. But at the same time, like I want to be sensitive and cognizant of, and like personally, like putting myself in the consumer shoes, I'm like, okay, I don't care what this influencer is getting. Or like, I don't care about like these products and all that kind of stuff, especially with like all the craziness that's going on beyond COVID. And like, I don't know, like, unfortunately with like, like what's happened with like George and Ahmad and all that kind of stuff. I just don't think it's yeah. like more so sensitive around that kind of stuff. Even though like I personally am very grateful for everything that's going on, but I, like in terms of my own world, but I don't like to, I don't want to flaunt that despite like I've had a lot of, I've been the one to put pushback on brands because I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't think it's the time. Yeah, it was a tragedy, wasn't it? It was really an unwanted thing, especially now with everything else that's happening. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess sensitivity is a big topic, especially when it comes to social media. And we just had mental health month. So um, I guess brands need to be mindful of that. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, have you had any similar stories or any good examples? Yeah. Yeah, I oh no, I think uh, I think what she said is is definitely relevant. I think mm-hmm. especially like um yeah, if you're an influencer, you you know, like your your whole, the way you monetize is because you have this audience that's engaged and likes and trusts you. And so to make sure that they still like and trust you, yeah, you have to be sensitive about what they're going through and um, basically like, re- yeah, read the room of what's going on. Um, you know, I, I someone gave me a good relation about Twitter and, and this is probably why I'm not super, super active on Twitter is you, you really, if you come in and you just, you know, everyone's talking about something and you're talking about something else that's not relevant, it's just not gonna hit so well. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I totally, uh, I agree with that sense. Um, for me, most of my businesses have been local businesses. I'm like, there's been the whole push about pr- supporting local businesses, right? And yeah. so they really need to to go hard on everything because it's the only way they've been able to survive, um, to pay their, their team and everything. And um, people have been really good about it because, you know, we're not just like promoting or marketing as usual. Of course, we're mindful about everything, but also at the start of it, it was like, hey, like we're, you know, some of my, I have a, a local business and they've been family owned and operated and they have four sports stores around um, around uh, the city that I live in. And it's been since 1988 that they've been operating. And so people really came behind them to support them and shift to online, um, you know, buying brand new bikes. They actually saw their bike sales pretty much even to what they would usually do, even with all four stores closed. And it was because, you know, even though a lot of people were saying, oh, we want to try out the bikes and they weren't able to, of course, with this whole thing, they wanted to support them so much that, you know, they, they, people started buying earlier in the year than they usually would because they're, they're buying bikes in April and they usually would buy waiting until May and, and doing all these things. Now they've been able to, they reopened, uh, I think about a week ago, um, very, very limited capacity. And I know, unfortunately, they've been seeing a few people like, you know, people not respecting the social distancing and doing things which has been um, aggravating on their end. But luckily, they've had the whole online part built out that if they had to reshut uh, again, you know, that that whole part has been doing really well. Um, a lot in part with uh, Facebook ads, and then of course, just organically continuing to post and build the community and and um, getting the community involved with things like posting little like uh, tennis challenges um, because they sell tennis rackets and a lot of the tennis courts were closed for so long. But, you know, what, how can people adapt to tennis at home? How can they practice their, their things? Um, how can people stay active and, and do all these different things um, and still encourage people to stay home, but also like, you know, people were really valuing going out for a bike ride. Like we've, I've seen so many people go past my house on bikes that I've never seen on bikes before. It is insane. I think like the whole bike industry is actually booming because it's like one of our limited freedoms that we feel like we can still go for a bike ride and that feels awesome and no one's really driving places. And so a lot of people have been doing that. So that's, that's been good on their end. Um, on the other end, like I have some chiropractors and massage therapists that, um, you know, they're just completely closed. And that's actually the business I was just talking to um, that it just got given the green light to restart. And um, for them though, they, um, they were able to like transition to posting a lot of at-home help. Like how can, how can people do um, recovery at home? How can they mobilize? How can they stretch? How can they do all these things? And so they've been helping people with whether it comes to self-care mentally and then also physically and giving tips and stuff like that to, to help people through this, through this time. And it just keeps continuing to that uh, showing that they're showing up for their audience and, you know, providing that value without necessarily trying to sell anything because they just know it's going to help them when they do, um, reopen and they still have that client base there that we're still getting value from them so yeah that's 
that's that's been kind of cool to see especially from the local business perspective because they're the ones who are really hurting and so they still yeah. have to be out there and trying to transition in some way has there been an element of restructuring maybe moving away from offline and moving it all onto online i know you mentioned the customer sorry the cost of acquiring customers gone down online so is that something that's been that you've been embracing in your suggestions yeah so yeah. interesting enough so this is one of my the oldest clients i've been working for them for six years and um around the same time actually they uh they hired my brother to work on one of the stores and now he manages one of the locations and he was he was saying um that he actually had suggested at one point maybe even thinking about closing because if people aren't respecting the rules and they're only allowed three people in the store at once because they have to space them out so far and they are really careful about things it's like, what if they just reach, like, go back to curbside pickup or they ship nationwide um, and they, uh, yeah, they just closed, close again. They, they actually, it was cool that they, they were able to even think about that because they do know that they have the online sales to back it up that we've been able to build. Um, so that's, that's been cool to see. But I, I do know, like, people still do value, um, you know, feeling the bike, getting to ride it, testing it out. But unfortunately, like, still with the rules, as people can't try out clothing, they can't try on like accessories or things like that so there yeah. still are limitations but yeah. um yeah like they're definitely going to keep up the online and even just you know keep pushing the online throughout this time and as you know when it finishes so they they actually made the decision to um really start putting more effort into the e-commerce uh last fall we had a big discussion about it so that was really good because we had prepared you know so long in advance that they already had an online store most people used it almost as a catalog to see what they had before they came into store yeah. we decided let's like try to we could ship nationwide so might as well try to get some of those markets that don't have a family owned business with these types of brands and in, in their location and so that's that's been good yeah and kimmy i know you've worked with some big brands like uber do you feel that these bigger companies, they're slower to react in times like this compared to the more local uh, family companies or maybe even single person uh, tech companies or startups? Totally, it's so interesting because I've noticed more recently, it's um, how Uber had a commercial about, ironically, like thanking their viewers for not riding with them, but at the same time, they've had countless layoffs so my question is how do you have budget to spend some kind of you know <laughs> that kind of commercial but then like you're laying off all these people so it's like i mean i understand they want to be empathetic to what's going on and the it's almost like oh look what we're doing we're being aware but then at the same time like laying off so many people it's i feel like a lot of brands are confused with what to do so they're like okay let's acknowledge that this is going on but then um and then essentially limiting their resources so i think it's just like a weird time for brands because nobody knows what to do nobody knows what they're doing we're all i, I think because we're all um essentially kind of like monkey see monkey do i actually stumbled upon this um youtube video that benchmarked a lot of the big company commercials and like they all had like very similar music and very similar framework in terms of how they were worded and it just like really goes to show like it had like that sappy music in the background and it was like we're here for you and like all that. But then, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the memes of like, oh, like we're so sorry for what's happening. Stay safe. It's like, oh, but buy this Toyota or, you know, <laughs> they're not riding with us. So it's like everyone has their own spin on that. So I think everyone is rolling with the punches with whatever they can. Um, yeah, definitely. I guess the last question I have is what do we say to those emerging entrepreneurs? 
the ones that have to face all this and they can see the the burning forest and they're like well yeah still gonna go in (laughs) Uh, stay nimble (laughs) like keep tabs on like what's going on in on the social realm because that's where most people are living and um like natalie said most people are on their phones more than ever before or it's funny because i think i was even talking to a friend about this like either i mean my personally my screen time has gone down like almost 80 percent because i think i've actually been less on my phone because i'm like oh it's time to like you know reconnect with like in real life but um i see that a lot of people are also more engaged so whatever it is like having a pulse on what's going on in the social world realm and like not whether it's like not posting for the sake of posting or you you don't always have to say something like a lot of the brands that have made a statement whether that's through commercial or like certain social posts like some of them don't necessarily have to say it just because other people are saying or just because their competitors are so i i say in a nutshell to stay nimble yeah i remember we established that your super strength was networking so what do we have to say to all those networkers out there still making excuses? Oh, if anything, yeah, there is no excuses. Like there's so many platforms to stay connected. Um, like there's so many different like Slack channels. There's so many different like community groups. Like there's an infinite way of networking and connecting. So yeah, that, that, that still remains like, there's like no excuses whatsoever for that. And Natalie? I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I actually, like, I, I find that when I'm in a, like, a, in a good conversation, I, I find that I'm extroverted, but I'm actually, like, really introverted with my energy. Like, I always work from home. I was, like, you know, I, I basically not much changed when this whole quarantine happened, because other than, you know, traveling and going to the gym and all those types of things, like, that all had to come home, um, but my work life kind of was the same. I was like, this is how I work. I like to work by myself and, and do these things. And, but I've been realizing actually um, the first week of this, um, this uh, pro hockey player or former pro hockey player turned on reached out to me and we had a really good conversation and we were just chatting about like our shared experiences going from pro sports to entrepreneurship. And then he was telling me that he's like, yeah, I've been DMing a lot of people and just connecting and building this network. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. So I started doing, it, and then I started doing these Instagram lives and like I've connected with like people around the world that are like, you know, either major influencers or um, other pro athletes, current or former or different people that I've always wanted to connect with um, throughout this time, just from putting myself out there. And it's been cool because, you know, I, I, I wasn't doing that before and I wasn't focusing on it. And during this time, just realizing like, hey, everyone is online. People are, you know, checking these messages. People are looking to connect and even just hop on a call and chat about what they're doing um, and how, you know, we could work together or not just learn from each other and, and have those conversations and build friendships and relationships in and out of business. And so, yeah, that's, that's been really cool. Cause I feel like um, it's been pushing me. And so um, like Kimia said, like there, there really is no excuses at all now because everyone is online. We can't go to a networking event. So if you were like, I'm too shy to go to this networking event, like you can just DM someone, like someone is that close to, to say hey to you. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there really is no excuses. And, and following up on the question you had before, think about like the Ubers and the Airbnbs, they all came out of the last recession, this last, uh, they're all like that innovation all came from that. So I think, um, yeah, like staying nimble was a great, great tip. It's like, you know, if you can stay flexible, stay adaptive and, and change to these times and see what people are needing from this time, um, you know, that this is a, another time of big change where business models are going to be 
forever changed and new businesses will arise and take over from the businesses that weren't able to keep up. So I think it's a really great time to, if you're a new entrepreneur, to hop in. Um, as long as you're not, you know, some of them, if you're hopping in and you're expecting to make money tomorrow, maybe it's not the best time. But if you want to hop in and, and change the world 10 years from now, it's a great time. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are challenging the narrative of, you know, start lean and agile and become scalable because they're saying, well, all these people that did that, they're clearly suffering now with the whole Corona thing, because if they were truly lean and agile, this would never have happened. But it's interesting. Neither of you have said, oh, wait until this is over and then start. I think that's, that's, that's a testament to the mentality that both of you have. So that's amazing. Very good. And do you think the dynamic uh, will go back to, will start slowly going back to how it was before? Or do you think um, it will remain much the same in terms of con connecting with people, Natalie? Uh, it's interesting because I actually, so the other day I ordered um, like my coffee online from my favorite coffee shop. And it's an old friend of mine who started it. And actually right before this started, he bought a whole new location. Yeah. And so of course it's, you know, it's been tough. And so they transitioned completely online. He told me he's been working 14 hour days this whole time, has no sense of what day it is, delivering wow. coffee all around the city. Like they ship across the nation, but like they roast their own coffee. So luckily they've been in a good position where like, yeah, their locations was closed, but they got like some rent relief. Um, and then they were um, like, they make their own coffee. So they don't have like this huge uh, cost, you know, like they had to buy all their coffee in bulk and then all of a sudden sell it. It's like they roast their own and everything so they can make it based on the orders they get. So he said, like, we were talking, we we're thinking like, is things going to go back to normal at some point? Or do you think like things are permanently going to change? So actually one thing he did when everyone was allowed like last week to start reopening slowly, he didn't reopen the store because he knew it wasn't going to be necessarily profitable to let like one person in at a time. He uh, bought a whole shipping container and put it out back of the location. They're pretty close to downtown, but they're on an alleyway and built a takeout window that should be open in the next few weeks. So he's like completely changing everything to adapt for this thinking that this could be a long-term thing. And even if not, that would be cool, a cool location for the summer to have um, if things even do go back to normal. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say if things will go back to normal. I think it might be a long time. Like even I've been feeling that when they've, they've now that they're talking about starting to change the rules and let people go back out, I'm almost nervous. Like, I'm like, do I want to waste like this whole time I've spent at home not getting sick and going out? Like, you know, I interact with, with my older grandma a lot. And so it's like, well, you know, we have to be really careful for her. And so I think people do have that fear. And like I talked about before, businesses as they reopen might realize they're not as profitable as they were before. And so they almost delayed. Like I, I there is some respect to the businesses who did close down immediately because they probably saved a lot of money if they're in one of those like a bar or something that once they do reopen they're probably not going to be profitable for a very long time and so they almost are going to lose more money over the next year than if they had just shut down at the start mm. and what about you specifically how do you think it's going to impact you because i know i think it's true what you say a lot of people have actually realized that uh, they can do so many more things you know virtually uh, than they were able to before and some people may never go back to how it was before and people are uh, inventing new strategies to uh, use uh, the strategies that they've used during this period how so how do you think uh, things will change for you uh, and your line of work 
Yeah, I, I think more people will be um, putting value on ads when they do have the money back to spend on it. Like they'll realize like, wow, everyone was on social media during this time. Like a lot of people who had a negative perception about social media, they've been realizing the value of it. Like they've been tuning into IGTVs that people have been creating. They've been like doing breath practices that people have been posting, um, connecting with friends, staying in touch. And so all of a sudden some people, I mean, there's always people who I think social media is not necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. I think it just shines a light on how different people use it. And so some people use it and it creates anxiety and other people use it for connection. And I think during this time, a lot of people have started using it for connection. And so there'll still be that value on it. So I do think that there's even more attention on some of some of the new platforms and stuff that businesses will start capitalizing on even further, you know, because think about businesses who are spending money on radio. I heard our local radio stations were giving ad spots out for free because no one's doing a commute and listening to radio anymore. So, you know, even though those ads probably weren't that, that effective beforehand, they're even yeah. less so because no one's listening to radio. So I do think more people who have been slow to adapt to social media and digital marketing will come over. So I think that's, a good part for my business. I know even, you know, for me personally, um, during this time, I've just been having the extra time to reevaluate what it is I want to do. Like, how do I want to scale this business? Do I want to also, for me, I have a passion of athlete marketing as well as um, uh, these lives that I've been doing and different vlogs and things like that. So it's like, do I want to like start going into there? Cause I've gotten some traction there while everyone's been online. So just, yeah, I think, that there's going to be a lot of different changes personally yeah i'm looking at what different changes i'll make and where i'll spend most of my time but i do think if you're in the digital marketing space you know whether you had a little bit of a hit during this time or not there's there's probably some some good times ahead because whether there's new e-commerce brands coming up or businesses who were able to survive are realizing they need to spend more on digital there's going to be some more opportunities mm, definitely and uh, what about you, Kimia? What do you, how do you see things changing for you uh, going forward? Pill clubs world, it's going to be like more in demand with telemedicine and even like, you know, whether it's, whether it's people trying to get their birth control or setting up appointments in that realm, it's a lot more in demand. But then in terms of my own day-to-day -day work, like just like Natalie, like I was already working from home full time. So um, I think it's just going to get crazier as things move to the digital um, landscape. But, but yeah, no, I think it's more so people adjusting to, it's funny that I personally don't like the term new normal. I think it's just like a lot of these terms like unprecedented times or like new normal and all these are like stay safe and healthy and like, okay, it's like if I read that one more time, like we're all in the same boat, but um, I think more so of adjusting and it's more so your outlook and mindset beyond what's actually happening, if that makes sense. Um, you know, whether that's maintaining an, a routine that helps you maintain that normalcy or like it's okay to like embrace if you're feeling down or um, like if you're thriving in quarantine, that's okay too. Like I have so many friends that they're like, oh my God, Kimia, like I love quarantine and like and then I have friends who are like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to end. And it's like, it's so interesting to see how everyone has such different experiences. But personally, I, I personally, I'm like, oh wow, I realized my work life was already quarantined. So, I mean, I personally don't mind it, but I think it's just like everyone's situation is different. And above all, I think it's your mindset. Yeah. I mean, speaking from my own perspective, I, I think once, like, once this is over, <laughs> if it is over, 
I do think I'm going to miss the quarantine a little bit at least. Totally. Uh, because As you're a like, doctor, you can't say that. <laughs> because it does give you space and it does give you, you know, time and to think and to just do things that you otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. So, uh, yeah. I think what you said before we, we started the call, Kimmy, you said that it's about work-life integration and, you know, that's a smarter approach than something as vague as just work-life balance because that doesn't really say that much. So I think, I think that was a good point as well. Mm. What, what? What's balance anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Everything is just, yeah, it's, it's hard to differentiate things when you're just at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah, at the beginning, uh, Natalie, just before we started recording, Kimi was saying how um, like it's just a lifestyle rather than work-life balance. Uh, so when you hear the phrase work-life balance, what, what does it mean to you? What, what, what are the things that come to your mind? Yeah, so like I, I've actually talked a little bit of, about balance like on my platforms yeah, a little yeah, bit because yeah. yeah, yeah, I like try to mix in a little bit, but I, I do have this sense where it's like you know, people talk about balance and they think it means like you have to, okay, well, relationships here, put equal effort into this, resting and this. It's like balance looks completely different to everybody. Like depends what your goals are. So like for me, you know, I really enjoy working and I like working on projects. Like if I was a billionaire tomorrow, I would still be doing business and trying to try to do things because it's, it's fun for me. I like to problem solve and do that stuff. So, um, so, you know, for some people it's like, they want to be the best dad in the world and then they just their job is to, like, to make ends meet and to make it happen so that they can go back home and do that so their priorities look different and for me it's like yeah I want to be present in my relationships I, I want to you know obviously I, I try to train and, and manage that with with my work but my balance looks completely different to other people's for sure based on what my goals are um, and, and how I make that happen so I totally agree it's like it's 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 how your lifestyle is it's what your goals are there's no there's no perfect balance between everything like some people are very balanced being working 20 hours a day because it's it's yeah it's not weighing one against the other it's kind of just fitting things in that make you happy and achieve the goals that you want to do and um, sometimes that requires sacrificing a couple other things but it's because you care more about that that one priority mm. amazing what, one very interesting concept i heard actually uh, when I went to a conference a long time ago, was uh, that you can be, you can find balance by being unbalanced. Uh, and what that, but the example that person gave uh, was that, for example, say you're a parent who has children at home, right? And your kids are screaming in the middle of the night, you know, you get four or five hours sleep. And like, what, what do you do in that situation? You can't say to your child, you know, I need balance. <laughs> this, this, this is your balance. Um, so I find that concept quite useful to think about when, you know, I'm going to bed late, for example, I, I don't have time to do something. I, I think to myself, I can find balance by being unbalanced. So that's something I find really useful. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually, I really like that because I mean, you're not going to be able to control your kids, say, waking up in the night. That's just kind of your life. So you have to account for that, right? Like if yeah. you're like, your goal is to sleep eight hours a night is your idea of balance. Well, that's probably not going <laughs> yeah, to, it's exactly. not, you have to figure out how to balance, yeah, balance your different things because that's like, you're uncontrollable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. so many people are in that position, then it applies to so many people. So actually, yeah, a lot of people are, are in that scenario. Yeah. yeah. 